0: This is something that you were, you were talking about um, in, in, in an article that I've seen an advanced an advance copy of, right, where the sort of probably some of the most worrying implications for this are, again, in people going across state lines to seek health care. Yes. Uh, whether that is abortion or gender affirming care that have been criminalized in like half of U.S. states. And again, like that stuff that as well, just like to keep it slightly transatlantic, that could things that already are... Um, let's say, under assault here yes. as well, hmm.
1: right? Yeah, so the specific example that made me want to pursue this story was, um, it's in Texas, uh, the the first really interstate travel ban um, came about because of Greg Abbott's directive to prosecute parents for giving their children gender-affirming care. Um, and the reason that that one specifically leapt out at me was because CPS can open an investigation if you get care for your child anywhere. So if you, you know, if you're like well shoot they close all the gender clinics in Texas. So I'm going to drive to Oklahoma or whatever to get my kid blockers or whatever. Um when you come back they can still investigate your family and then pursue charges because that's how child protective services works, which has led to states like Connecticut and Minnesota passing laws that say we won't extradite you back to Texas if you flee here because CPS is investigating you for affirming your child's gender, which is like this entirely uh, there's, I'm sure there are legal experts who are salivating at the idea of basically interstate commerce completely breaking down in a way that hasn't been seen since, I don't know, Dred Scott. Um, because this is, I mean, it's really, really uncharted territory, but that was what got me thinking about it was, you know, what is to stop someone from, you know, pulling over a parent and, searching through all of the locations they've been in the past 6 months and seeing if they went to any <clears throat> any planned parenthoods or or you know gender clinics or whatever and then using that to open a CPS investigation. Even more worryingly, what's fun is all of this data that's on your car is largely sent back to the manufacturers themselves if your car has any mm. kind of connectivity to it. So, Wi-Fi hotspots or or 3G connections or GPS or app connections or pretty much anything Which you can imagine. Every car built in yeah. the last 30 years? Yeah, it was I think I, I have it in here somewhere. I think it's somewhere around 95% of cars sold in the US now have some sort of yeah, 90% of cars sold in America in 2021 have some sort of embedded connectivity in them. And that's your that is your threat model is not only does your car have all this data locally that they can access any warrant or reason, um, mm-hmm. it's also sent all the way back to car companies who then generally aggregate and will sometimes sell the data to third parties. So there was a Vice report um, from a, I think a year ago where they had talked to the office of Senator Ron Wyden and gotten a a I don't know, a pitch, I guess, from this company called the Ulysses Group that claimed that they could track...
0: Well, that doesn't sound all
1: Oh, yeah. They claimed that they could track any car in the world in real time, uh, except for in Cuba and North Korea. I think that they're probably kind of full of shit. There wasn't a whole lot of documentation on it, and my own research leads me to believe that's not possible, but Mm -hmm. there's still... This massive trove of data on every car, everywhere it's been, every time it needs an oil change, every time you drive distracted and the safety features kick in, this stuff is all being continuously uploaded somewhere. And no Mm. one has any control over, over where it goes. And it's basically because the U.S. has such weak approaches to personal privacy, it's up to the manufacturers to decide what to do with it.
0: Hmm. And, and why and, and, is doggingcom made this million <laughs> pound payment to Vauxhall motors
1: <laughs> well and it's it's something that we you know we've
0: talked about in the past as um being largely related to, like, say, insurance, where your insurance provider is essentially oh, spying yeah, on you so box, they can yeah. try to update your rates in real time. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. if you if it detects that you like lane drift a little bit, suddenly this trip this trip in your car is three dollars more expensive because you your risk on model your podcast changed. That you're a good driver, and yeah. yet your uh, your car's data system shows. Yeah, and so this, but this is you actually uh, had Jeremy Vine turned up to maximum <laughs> volume from this yeah. time to this time. How can you drive safely while listening to a debate about who has the loudest freezer yeah, so but, so this is, we've talked about it in this way before but i mean i just think that again especially as you know the the u.s enters it's sort of more it enters a more sort of nakedly authoritarian uh um, political setup yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it's fun how if in if you live in the u.s you either have to live in a state that's run by like chelsea clinton or something or you get to live in a state that's run by like boss hog from the dukes of hazard and those are like your two choices yeah. and, and so that but in that and that sort of, as we there's this sort of turn towards much more naked authoritarianism, you know, there is at the same time this profusion of data being collected uh, with very few safeguards on it. Well, and can I, and I make it even like, worse? Please go ahead. Oh, please do. Beautiful. Nature of the podcast. OK,
1: so to make it even worse. So granted, you have your, your I would say more malicious like, hey, check it out. We can track a car. You want a drone strike kind of pitches to the U.S. military. But even data that is collected with no ill intent. Um, so there are companies that will add aggregate this this location and you know car information data for fleet management or tr- smart cities. They try to you know figure out traffic pain points and and um, optimize travel flows. Whatever you want to, whatever the hell they sell, I don't know. Yeah, uh, they, whatever. They're selling
0: big data. They're a data. Basically, yeah.
1: Um, the problem is that even that data, with any kind of vehicle specific UUID, can be de anonymized. Almost trivially. There was a 2013 story that was in Nature that I've referenced in my piece that um, showed that with a set of, I think, one and a half million people, it took four time stamped geotracked locations to uniquely identify a person with 95% accuracy. So, with four places your car has been, they can say, oh, it's this person's car. And you always park your car at home and you usually drive it to work. So, it's even simpler than using a cell phone or something where you might conceivably i don't know go for a walk although i don't do that um <laughs> but it <laughs> well it, yeah even when it's anonymous it's not anonymous well I, it also
0: goes back to like how uh, so how so much like any kind of consumer protection uh, whether it's data protection or you know like protection from financial uh, chicanery always sets on like these very dictionary approaches where it's like look personal data is when it's a name or an address mm-hmm. And then, you know, but and then you can be like, well, a location, well, that is that sort of, and and on some sort of regimes, yeah. it is defined as personal data, but still. So, yeah. so same as like metadata from <laughs> your emails or your texts. Yeah,
1: I have one thing part. also that makes it worse. Mm-hmm. Because it's not yeah. personal data, uh, government agencies can just buy it on the open market and then go through <laughs> it and be like, "Huh, this is interesting. And they don't need a warrant or to tell anybody or anything. Yeah.
0: And so, essentially, like Texas could just like I don't know, get, buy a bunch of this data, then hand it over to their like, you know, um, a uh, uh, free like f- like fucking a uh, 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 fry core. Mm-hmm. They have you know like snooping through people's um uh, sort of histories to try to collect uh, um you know bounties on people getting abortions. Just be like, here you go, here's the information. You find a person, collect the bounty, and all of this. But uh, but it's worth also going back to ask why all this data was collected. All of this data is collected because. In order to have a consumer solution to the problems that we made with our previous consumer solution, we need to have so much more intensive data gathering and automation.
1: Uh, the other th- and so the it- other thing that I'll say also, and I hate to reference them, but McKinsey has a report mm-hmm. saying that they think that the telematics monetization industry will grow to seven hundred and fifty billion dollars by twenty thirty. So yeah, right. There's there's money, and it. it's not even just a it, no. There's no there's no high minded. St- Solving problems here—it's all yeah money. Well,
0: of, of course, indeed. But the the, the pitch—I think the pitch that we get—oh yeah—is that self-driving cars are going to be are going to solve our, our policy problems and um, are going to solve the problems that we created, right? And that and that's believable to politicians, where they can say, "Oh, wonderful, great! I don't need to do the difficult thing of building a train or you know funding the buses because those wonderful you know boffins." Over at Mercedes or Tesla yeah, or Uber or whatever, Glasgow. what they're yeah, going to do right. is they're going to solve this problem for me by just massively intensifying data gathering. Yeah, and because happens. either they, because either they don't understand, or if, if they do understand, they don't care, then these kinds of problems very quickly not only become ubiquitous but become unavoidable. Because if you remake the infrastructure of the city to accommodate self driving cars, then you're stuck with self driving cars and this data collection that's that. Used to be like something of science of sci-fi is now completely fucking unavoidable wherever you go. People are saying, you know, we're experiencing an infrastructural problem, and they're saying, "Gripes, what are we gonna do?" I say, "Do right. We've got the boffins on it. Let's <laughs> enjoy this Colin McAttenbur."
1: I would, I would join this podcast just to hear you speak in that voice for the entire time. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Our would you. like to take, Prime Minister. Would you like
0: to take the position of showrunner? <laughs> 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 no, but like this. We'd, Victoria, we'd, we'd welcome you on showrunner. Yeah, Cooperationalist podcast has become positively glutinous. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but, look. So, I, I think it's just what we're in the middle of seeing here is a great sort of uh, um, another wave of, of, of surveillance uh, data that is going to very quickly become unavoidable. You're, you're not going to be able to, not, oh, to opt it's, out it's of not that even
1: it's not even, una- it's not even like it's going to become unavoidable. Self-driving cars are not, it's already, it is already unavoidable. I, I guarantee you that even if you leave your phone at home or put it in a Faraday cage or whatever, you can still effectively be tracked if you own a car newer than about 2008.